Welcome to Walking with God, Pat Barry and Jeff Quinto's podcast, where Pat and Jeff talk about their walk with Christ. My name is Pat Barry, And my name is Jeff Quinto. And Pat and I get together and talk about the most important thing in our lives, our walk with Christ. Today, we're going to be talking about fruits of the Spirit. As Christians, we are called to bear fruit in our lives. Now, just what does that mean? How much? What kind? What kind of fruits? That sort of thing. So first go to Galatians chapter 5, 22 and 23, and it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now, Jeff, I want to ask you something. Why do they use fruit, first of all? (laughs) I never thought you'd ask. The fact is that the ancient Hebrews were an agrarian people. They well understood the way of farms and the way of orchards, and these images of fruit made perfect sense to them. And actually, if you think about it, they'll make great sense to us. Now, we have a friend in my wife's hometown that has about six or seven apple trees on his side yard. And in the years that he takes the apple trees and he prunes them and he gets them ready, they produce literally thousands upon thousands of apples. You can't even believe how many apples these trees produce because when they're properly tended, when they're properly cared for, they just explode with productivity. That's the way that the Hebrews would have understood it, that a healthy tree produces fruit in great abundance. Absolutely. Okay. And the fact is that the Bible mentions fruit 269 times. That's a lot of times. It seems to me it's a lot of times. As I was doing a a search on preparing for for this, I was amazed how many different scriptures came up, but I did not realize it it was that many times. You know, I had always understood, and I think a lot of people maybe understand, the fruits, when you're talking about fruits, what's really meant is bringing others to Christ. But what I discovered here is that that is the end result, but... That's not actually the fruit itself, which I thought was kind of interesting. It was everything else surrounding that. Absolutely. And see, when we focus on the the nothing but the end result, we lose track of what we're supposed to do. And that's what that happens. And if we focus on nothing but bringing people to Christ, as if that's the only standard of which we are judged, the fact is that we're meant to do this in a way that, that we express and we exude love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, All of these fruits, we are meant to be showing them to the world and having them truly in our lives. Exactly. It's sort of like starting a business, because you and I can both relate to this. If you start a business with uh, the goal of making money, you're never going to make money, right? It's true. you You have to provide either a product or a service, and you have to do that very well. Now, the end result is making money, so it's 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 the same I guess it's the same thing here. It's it's how you live your life. It's what you do. It's it's the way people see Christ in us when we are living our daily lives. And through that, that's how we ultimately get to the end result. But sometimes, you know, we don't see that end result, do we? No. And I believe that we become a Christian by these cumulative things that happen to us, not by one thing that happens, but by things that happen over potentially years and years. The length of our lifetime is like a blink of an eye to God. So as we go through this life, 
we'll have people that come to us and that, that we'll see them as Christians and we'll think, you know what, that's a good person. And maybe that's all the thought is. And then maybe a year later, somebody else does something or we see somebody else and we think, you know what, I'd like to have what he has. I wonder what it is, why he's different, why he seems to be so peaceful. And perhaps we find out that that person's also a Christian. There's another sort of a tap on the shoulder. And this takes time. It isn't something that we're going to wrestle people to the ground and say, you're going to become a Christian or else, <laughs> because that won't work. No, it won't work. That's not a winning strategy. Because You look at these fruits of the Spirit. We, we look at these things. They are all lovely things. We should have those in our lives always and forever. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. All of those things, we should have those all the time. And if we did... We would shine like a light, like a city on a hill, like a a light in the darkness. And that's what we're meant to do. It is what we're meant to do. And it's something that if we keep this in mind, it's something that we can more easily do than if we're thinking, okay, I have to go out and win converts for Jesus. First of all, on our own, we can't do anything. We have to wait for Christ to do it through us. And by, by living our lives in this manner, this is how people will recognize Jesus, and then a conversation can ensue. And I understand that a lot of Christians, including myself in sometimes, are not always walking this way and living this way, right? It's really easy to say, but it's kind of difficult to do. I know you and I have joked before on here, don't get me in stuck in traffic. You know, <laughs> you'd think for a guy that grew up around the Chicago area, I'd be kind of used to that, but I'm not. It just kind of irritates me. So I'm not always walking in this path as I guess as I mature, it does become a little bit easier. And I find that, you know, be always in prayer. As as you pray more, as you read the Lord's word more, it does become easier, but it's never just a walk in the park, so to speak. Yeah, and and all of these things are part of what is going to lead to people coming to Christ, but we're going to lead them by just being a beacon of light. And as you said a minute ago, the Holy Spirit is the one that does it. It's not us. It's not how clever we talk or whatever. It's the Holy Spirit that leads people. But but we have to be this example, this this light in the darkness. You know that First uh, Peter three fifteen tells us always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. So we're always meant to be ready to make a statement about why we are, why are we the way we are? Why do we have this hope in Christ? Why is it? it? It can be a simple thing. You just tell about your life, tell about your experience, give your testimony. But it goes on to say to do that with gentleness and respect. That's what we're supposed to do because it's not us doing it. It's meant to be the Holy Spirit that actually convicts people and moves people to Christ. We just provide sort of a stepping stone a little bit along the way. And you you used a minute ago a great example in this business idea. And you know, it's really true. This thing about making a business, if you just want to get rich... You might as well rob a bank because right. that'd be the quickest way to get money if that's the only thing it's about. But but that doesn't seem like a good plan. Instead, if you wanted to provide the, the best restaurant of its kind in the area, I bet people would come to that. And I'll bet the result would be that you'd do just fine financially. But you wouldn't have started with the idea of doing making all kinds of money. You started with the idea of, I'd like to have a great restaurant. And it's just like that. It's just like that. What we're going to do is we're going to show ourselves to the world, be examples, be willing to make a defense for Christ in any situation, but at the same time do so, doing so with gentleness and respect. And another thing, I don't think you need to know all the answers. And I know this can be intimidating, especially for, for young Christians. And 
I think it can be intimidating for any Christian because every once in a while you are going to run up against a little hostility from time to time. You, you just are. I mean, it's the world. We might as well, you know, let's be honest about that. Not always, but but sometimes. And here's the other thing. Even if you aren't running up against hostility, you aren't going to know the answers. You know what? That's okay. It's okay to say, I don't know, but let me find out. Or better yet, why don't you and I look through this together? Do you really want to know the, the answer to that question? Let's look. And Search through it together. Now, there are some questions. I remember getting asked a question a couple of years ago by, by a gentleman who lost his wife when he was very young. It was, it was he and his two teenage daughters, and his, his wife died of cancer when she was young. Well, why did God do that? I have no idea. I have no idea. I, I don't have an answer. You know, and sometimes you're not going to have an answer for it. But all I, I, I do know that there's a loving God who wants us to be in, in communion with him and that he will see his wife again someday, you know, that's what, that's all I know. But that's all I know. Why God allowed that, I have no idea. So to me, sometimes it's it's going to be okay to have that answer where the answer is, I, I'm not sure. And I think that's an, that's an honest answer. Yeah, it is. And honesty and authenticity is the single most important thing. Yes. You know, I've got to say that in a in my past life, I was uh, I often exaggerated for the for the purpose of telling a good story. Really? And I, oh yeah. And I probably do it some now and don't notice, but I try not to. I try not to because I don't believe you have to exaggerate with God. I think I think you have to be authentic and you have to be truthful and not exaggerating. And that's what I think you do. You just tell the truth. Part of the truth is, as you just said, is it's okay to say, I don't know. But you know what? If you look it up, if you figure it out, if you Google it or do whatever you're going to do to help find an answer, help develop an answer, you're going to learn it at the same time. So as you help someone right. else, you're helping yourself. Well, there's this, this idea when you're bearing fruit that... The Lord is the vine, we are the branches. But in order to bear fruit, branches need to be pruned, right? Mm. So, you know, just like the example that you used with the, with exaggerations. Hmm. There's going to be some pruning going on there, right? Yeah. And that's kind of the way it works too, isn't it? When you, when you rely on what should be the fruits... And sometimes, especially if it's if it's a habit that you've had for a long time, as innocuous as it may seem, because I've gone through this too, can be more difficult than you thought it was going to be. But that's just the Lord pruning you back. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting because this is a an honest to God thing that's happened to me. That, like I say, I'm I try to stop myself when I start to exaggerate. I try to bring myself back to this place of authenticity because you don't need to exaggerate with God. The fact is that. You just tell the truth, and you just tell the truth, and if the truth is, I don't understand this, I don't know why God did that, that that's an authentic truth. Absolutely. And people will respect that, and so you can move from there. But if you just come up with some pat answer as if you know the answer, it's just nonsense, isn't it? Yes, it is. Because we don't know. In the case of your example, the, the mother that died, I mean, we don't know. Maybe, maybe someday we will, but right. today we don't. How can you know that? No can't, nor should you try. But that doesn't mean that we don't, we don't try to understand God in a full and complete way, knowing that God knows best and we don't. And as God is God, as we're not. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> well, Pat, let's circle back to this 1 Peter 3.15, remembering that we should always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you yet do it with gentleness and respect. Now, here we go. We're going back to where we started, where we said, you know what? We thought this fruit thing was about bringing people to Christ. Um, 
it's really just part of it. The fact of the matter is we need to be able to make a defense. And what is a defense? And I'd offer that a defense is simply giving your testimony, telling your story. You're not telling somebody else's story. You're telling your story. Tell your story about how you came to Christ and how it's, how it's changed your life because that's authentic and that's genuine and people can see that and it's appealing and winsome. Absolutely. You know, I have uh, told several people my story. It's not a huge story. I mean, I'm sitting in my living room, basically. Uh, when I have this aha moment, I'll, that's, this is the Reader's Digest version of it, but it's real and it's authentic. And when you tell that story, people amazingly will listen and they start asking questions because number one, it's, it's genuine. It's, it's an experience that not everyone has. And then here's the other thing. God comes to different people in different ways for different reasons. With some, he comes through them, to them through scripture. With some, he uses people, right? With some, it may be a church service or, or, or radio, whatever, whatever it is, or maybe a podcast, right? <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine that. But it's different ways for different people. This is something else that, that we need to keep in mind. So whatever it, it is, just be sure to be real and, and, and genuine. But I think you're telling your story, whatever that story is, is going to be a great thing. Because here's the other thing. It's going to be unique. Nobody has the same story. Regardless of what it is, you may be in the same setting, but nobody has the exact same story. God made us all completely unique for a reason. So nobody's going to have the exact same story. Yeah, it's the truth, isn't it? And people can identify with that. In other words, when you tell a story about somebody in the distance, I have trouble identifying with that. But if you're right across from me and you're telling me your story, I know who Pat is. I know right. who you are. And I know what you've gone through. And I can empathize with it. It's not something in the distance. It's something right there in front of you. Well, and that's the other thing. When, when you hit on what you've gone through, what the human experience is, because that we all have in common. Everyone's experience is probably a lot closer than what we may think it is with just what we've gone through in our lives and ultimately how life in general, what we thought was going to satisfy us, didn't. How we thought things were going to turn out, didn't. And everyone is looking for something more, something different, something in their lives that's bigger than them. And that's why as we work on ourselves, to have these fruits of the Spirit, this love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. As we have those things, we're going to shine in the world. And people are going to wonder, what is, it, what is it that you have? Where's this hope in you? And that's really the key to this, isn't it? It is. So people can see that. Now, they may not even speak to you. We've been talking here about giving your testimony. But it may be that they just look at you at the distance and they say, you know what? That Pat Berry seems to be a good guy. He's a good, honest guy. <laughs> well, I am. <laughs> As you know. <laughs> Something else, though, that we haven't touched on yet, it seems kind of obvious, but I think it's important to say this isn't about you. It's, it's, mm -hmm. not, it's not about you in the sense that it's not about us. This is about the other person. It's about reaching out to the other person. And if you take a look at all these fruits, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, it's how we live and it's what we do, but it's meant to attract that other person it's not we take us take us 
out of out of the equation other than letting Jesus Christ work through us. But it's about touching other people. And you know what? If you live your life in this way, I'd be willing to bet that the fruits, you're going to have a lot of fruits in your life. You just may not know that you have. Absolutely, because you don't know how you've affected people over right. a lifetime of doing right. this in small ways. And also don't look for people to, to acknowledge. If you do something nice, they don't have to say thank you. They don't have to do anything. You don't know how that affects them. Maybe they're in such a terrible place they can't say thank you in a way that, that you would appreciate. Don't worry about that because you're just, this is one more little tap on the shoulder. One more little tap on the shoulder. There's what a Christian does. This is what a Christian does. This is, this is happening to these people over and over again. And maybe at some point in the future, it all comes together. Maybe the Holy, maybe they open up their hearts to the Holy Spirit and, and they, they give their life to the Lord. It won't be something that you or I did. It's something that God has done over a long period of time. Absolutely. Well, you know, we started this talking about the fruits of the Spirit and the fruits of the Spirit and, and how we might be and how we might be different and how we might be fruitful in the world. You know, Pat and I started this with a premise, and it's, a, it's actually a quote from C.S. Lewis that says, Christianity, if false, is of no importance, and if true, of infinite importance. The only thing it cannot be is moderately important. My prayer for you is that you are able to move forward in your Christian life so that you will know that this is true. And if it's true, you'll come to the conclusion that it is infinitely important, that it is the most important thing in your life. Will you join me in prayer? Lord, fill us with your Spirit. Fill us with love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and importantly, self-control, Lord. Fill us with that, that we might be a beacon in the world, that we might show you through us and that people might come to you just by seeing us. Maybe in some little ways, we would help bring people to you in Jesus' holy and mighty, mighty name. Amen.